Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Joko Podcast Season 2. We are in our WhatsApp series where we're going to talk about different aspects of WhatsApp. In our last episode, we gave an introduction of what, what WhatsApp is, how it's used, and how it shows up in our lives. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about how WhatsApp uh, interacts with money. So this episode is called Boss Money, and we're going to talk about how money flows through WhatsApp and the problems that can arise from these money transfers. Um, but like we always do, we're going to do an icebreaker, a personal share. And I'm going to ask you, Adam, what's your favorite way of getting money to Senegal? It's not necessarily my favorite way, but it's the only way that I know how. Is like There's this app called um, Boss Money, which is the name of the episode, which is like, I think, a sub product of Boss Revolution, which is also a calling feature, like for international calling. So on the app, you can mm-hmm. choose, you know, what country you'd like to send to. It does the conversion rate for you. The reason why I like them is like it's very easy to use and the exchange rate is really good and the fee is very low. And usually like you send it in like maybe 10, 30 minutes after the person's able to pick it up if it's like during the daytime or whatever. So that's the one. That's the only one I use. Western Union sometimes, but the, the fees are very high. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, that's my favorite too. I like it for the same reasons you mentioned, but there's one additional feature that I really like is it's connected with Orange Money. So if someone doesn't want to go pick up the money and they have an Orange Money account on their phone, you can just deposit it to the Orange Money. So it's really convenient, really low fees, and usually same day. So that would be mine too. I used to use uh, Ria a lot, but that one... It just sometimes got a little bit complicated. Um, like if you send money on a credit card versus a debit or your bank account, it would take like five days because they have to go through verifications. So I guess maybe that's more secure. But yeah, boss money is just much faster and easier to use. I think we should get paid for the free promo. <laughs> <laughs> we just did. Let's tag them. <laughs> All right. So today, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about how money flows through WhatsApp. And uh, we're going to talk about the different ways that they do. So the first method is in the form of remittances. So this is when that cousin or that aunt from Senegal calls you and they explain some sort of, I guess, need to you and you send money using Ria, Western Union or Boss Money, like we just mentioned. Uh, That is uh, called remittances. And you know, in Senegal, actually their GDP, a good majority of it comes from remittances in the diaspora. That's exactly. one way money manifests itself in WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about money flowing through WhatsApp. So it's like, at this moment in time, there is no feature on WhatsApp to send money to someone. But I actually read an article like yesterday or two days ago, where in India, their pilot pilot i don't know if it's been approved but but i saw that they were developing a way to for folks to use whatsapp to send money since mm-hmm. lots of folks were connected on the platform anyway and it was a way for facebook which owns whatsapp to generate revenue so i'm not sure if it's actually like launched but there i know that facebook is finding ways of of using whatsapp for money transfer which I think would be very interesting in Senegal if, like, let's say they bring that innovation um, to Senegal because since you said, like, lots of the communication is, like, through WhatsApp, someone sends you a message, and then from that message, 
you somehow send them money because they told you a grievance they had or they told you that someone's getting married or someone had a child and then now you had to you have to send them money for the occasion can you imagine a world where they can send you requests <laughs> for money on whatsapp i don't want to imagine a world and i hope that <laughs> the innovation does not transfer over to to the continent followed by a bocal oh my god <laughs> no thank you <laughs> yeah i'm ex- i'm gonna follow that because I'm, I'm interested to see how that how that works out so i'll definitely make a lot of income from that oh yeah i think the day that that launches in senegal is when i'll delete my whatsapp yep same here all right so talked about remittances like and i guess remittances is like usually not tied to an occasion it's like money you send back home to people who are dependent on you so usually it might be your parents if you have your parents who are in senegal or if you have children a spouse or whatever so it's money to like sort of deal with regular household expenses um another form of way like money informal money transfer i guess that happens on the on a platform is like through philanthropy like um i'm part of a a group of folks who where we like each donate a certain amount of money each month that money gets collected and then it helps service some philanthropic projects in senegal so people also like they share their gofundme page on their statute statuses sorry on whatsapp or um yeah create groups where like people are in a whatsapp group to further some whatever project that they're doing so that's a positive aspect of whatsapp yeah i remember when we uh collaborated a couple months back um working with a group Mm -hmm, in senegal i think it was called help yourself pardon me i'll have to look at the name um but we collaborated with them they fund we fundraised here and then we were able to send the money to them and they could execute on on the um the fundraising project that we were working on. Exactly. So there are positive aspects for how money flows through WhatsApp. There's also scams. <laughs> Not to have a, a terrible segue, but <laughs> that's another way uh, where they let they deal. Like someone might call you and feed you a not-so-true story um, that involves you having to give them money which is a little bit different from remittances. So like you mentioned, remittances is when someone is depending on you. So it could be a family member that you send money to every month and it's more of a regular occurrence. Um, the scams, the way I see it and the way that I see it show up um, is mostly just someone fabricating a story to try to get some sympathy out of you and then eventually you'll send them money. And a lot of that communication happens through WhatsApp. So unfortunately, that's another way that um, WhatsApp is involved with with money being transferred from the scams are pretty home. frequent, actually. <laughs> um, it's just like you have to filter out if you because like, and they're also <laughs> pretty advanced. Like, so I remember yeah. like scams always happen because what I like having these discussions with my parents who like they had to you know move money prior to WhatsApp. Like there was a time where WhatsApp didn't exist, where smartphones didn't exist, and the only way they moved money was they would go to like um because we, we were born and raised in Harlem, they would go to 116th Street and there would be a guy there at the supermarket, supermarket on 116th Street. He has like his booth there and they would go through him to, they probably still do that. I try to tell them that they can they can like do it from their house, but 
they don't they, they still walk all the way over there and do that um there's people who are tr- transferring money illegally i won't say where because <laughs> they're not supposed to be doing it but there's yeah those <laughs> folks who have their like underground businesses and do that and then another way is like you would see somebody who's going to senegal and you would just give them a certain amount of money but there's limitations to that because when you're going through the airport you can't move like more than i think 10k without de- declaring it but like those were the ways that they mm-hmm. moved money and so then when they got scammed it was like probably not for like large amounts of money and it was probably easier to scam them back then because they couldn't verify what someone was saying because you would call someone and be like oh i'm sick or uh, oh i need money to you know do this and that now is like people are going more frequently to senegal um you know you can ask mm-hmm. for pictures <laughs> um if you're let's say you're building a home back in senegal if if you're sending money constantly for someone to build a house for you you can be like hey can you go on whatsapp and can we take a video and can you show me what you're doing like those types of like technological innovations made it much more easier for people to to scam but people are still scamming um that doesn't mean that people are not scamming still but they still are um and it's because, like you said, remittances are such a huge part of the GDP in Senegal. Like, lots of people depend on income from the diaspora. Um, so when that happens, there's always going to be honest and dishonest people. So you just have to really be careful, especially us younger generations who are, like, a little bit more naive. And we don't really understand the realities on the ground. We have to be very careful of, of how we move money and who we give money to. Mhm. Yep. Uh, another method that I wanted to touch on, which I'm super excited about because it shows the entrepreneurial spirit of Senegalese people, especially young Senegalese people, is e-commerce. So I've actually purchased products in Senegal, um, like around Ramadan. Uh, I was buying like these baskets that I saw on uh, on statue. <laughs> And I could send them the money from here and they would be able to deliver it to a family member back home. So I think that's a really cool, innovative way that we can be involved in business back home um, and actually supporting small businesses. So e-commerce is another big one. Mm, That's a good idea, too. And I've also seen um, folks here actually like like they might buy like some makeup here or whatever and then they'll send it to their sisters or their Mm -hmm. cousins back home. And they would use the statute, the statuses too, um, to to sell whatever that they yeah. they receive from someone in the diaspora. So yeah, that's a positive element, I guess, of WhatsApp. Yeah, and there are definitely any with anything good and bad. Um, I think we wanted to just touch on how these things um, they're not as straightforward because WhatsApp, like we talked about in the intro episode, you think it's just a communication application, but it's used for so much more. So. Um, we, we've all like both the Adam and I, and I'm sure some of our listeners have had experiences with some of these examples that we touched on. Um, so, I mean, WhatsApp is there. It's a tool that we can use. We just have to be mindful of some of the, um, blind spots that it has. Yeah. And also like be aware of the blind spots and be aware of how it can be leveraged to sort of fill in the, um, economic gaps we have in society is like lots of like right now the reason why i'm saying this is like right now there's a lot of talks in the media in senegal and in the diaspora about what are what are the economic conditions that are forcing young people to go on boats 
and risk their lives to make it to um, Spain, Italy, France, anywhere in Europe? Why are young people taking those risks? And most of the motivations we're hearing is like there's a lot of like opportunity, economic opportunity is very limited um, in Senegal. So when we decided to talk about this topic, this is something we we planned ahead before you know this happened in the current events. I was like, wow, maybe we WhatsApp can be leveraged for youth economic opportunities in the ways that you just explained, like you know people using it to to the to market their business, to market the products that they want to sell, um, to maybe access capital, because maybe someone a young person in Senegal may have someone who's in the U.S. who has money. You can call them on WhatsApp and be like, this is a business project that I have. You know, this is what I want to do. Can you finance it? Can you give me a loan? And then we have, you know, technology like boss money and, and RIA and all of those things where we can wire them money and they can, whatever, you know, build these projects. Or it's like the facility of communication and, and, and movement of money, I think, is something that we need to really think hard about and see how can we use that to ensure that the young people back home have access to jobs or the access to innovate. And I think access to innovate is key because since there's no jobs there, lots of young people will have to innovate. They will have to create jobs that they've never seen before if they want to work. So to access to innovate that means access to imagination and in order to be able to have an imagination you need to have like your basic needs met right um because you shouldn't be worrying about paying rent if you want to really have an imagination and to and to have time to innovate so that's like a side discussion i guess that we might have in another episode but i just wanted to to highlight mm-hmm. that I think I think it's really important because if we go a little bit more upstream in that discussion, um, and thinking about how WhatsApp and other social media tools play a role, I think a lot of people are starting to get exposure to the possibilities that are out there through tools like WhatsApp and Instagram and Facebook. Like before, maybe you didn't see what other people were doing or how other people were taking advantage of certain opportunities or even creating, to your point, innovating new opportunities. And with the advent of these uh, innovations and tools and application technologies, et cetera, now the youth back home, they can imagine a better life. They can imagine uh, new opportunities that perhaps before they didn't see so they couldn't fathom. And I think that's why we, especially in the diaspora, just have to be mindful of of the influence that we can have and then take it one step further to not just be bystanders, but participate in that conversation, whether it's, you know, through advocacy or to the point that we had earlier, actually working on philanthropic projects or group projects or e-commerce, supporting businesses back home. So I think it's multifaceted, but uh, for me, as sad as the current events in Senegal are today, I think hopefully it'll be the rebirth of, of new hope for the youth back home to realize what opportunities are out there. And I know it's easier said than done. I think I saw something that was like, you know, for those of you saying 400,000 francs, like that's around $800. For those of you saying that's enough capital to start something, what would you recommend? Like what's something that I can actually do with 400,000 CFAs? And that's, it makes you stop and think like, what could someone do with that? 
you can look at it from both angles. Like the glass can be half full, half empty. You never know. I totally agree. And it's like, I just think that there just needs to be more cross because it's, it is cross-cultural communication. We think that we are a hundred percent Senegalese, but we really not, we do have a hyphenated identity. So there's, and there's also lots of realities that escape us. We don't know what it's like to be a young person in Senegal for 365 days in the year. So there's a lot to learn mm-hmm. from both sides. And WhatsApp is a social media platform that makes, you know, discussion that much more easier. So I think there needs to be like more platforms for discussion, cross-cultural dialogue, more opportunities for us in the diaspora to like really sit down and understand our privilege and like really think about what can we offer the youth at this time. And right now it's like, it's money, to be honest. It's like the young people, they know what they need back home. They know what businesses will thrive. We just need to really sit back and let them, you know, drive the boat. And then we just find, be creative in how we finance. Because it's not just about sending remittances, right? Because that helps with basic household needs. But how about maybe loans or finding new ways? I'm not, I'm not really versed in finance. But I know that outside of loans, there's other ways of, you know, financing where you can like, I don't, I don't want to get into the details because I don't know what I'm talking, what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I think yeah, our, our, our role is to fill in that gap, that financing gap. Yeah, I, I know. And I'm, I'm of the same opinion. Um, I think the only thing I would add to that is there has to be a trust exercise that we do, because one thing that if you listen to the first episode, if you like of the WhatsApp series and even the beginning of this episode, we joked about kind of like the scams and the negative aspects of of money flowing through these apps. And in order for us to be able to go back and play a role, like we say, in, in the form of direct payments or loans or investing, we have to build that that foundation of trust because how how are we going to feel comfortable to go back home with money that one we're trying we're struggling ourselves to make you know as um immigrants ourselves living in the US but if we go back home how do we start to have that conversation of i have this capital how can i help you realize your dream what's my return on investment like you know those kinds of conversations i think there's just a little bit of of homework to be done before we can get to that point but i think it is possible for sure and i think that it's it's happening we just don't see it. And so that's why in, on the Joko Instagram page, whenever we encounter those types of exchanges between the diaspora and the homeland, we always share it in our stories because like popular media does not show it. There's always, I've encountered so many young people from Senegal in my job that have done such amazing things, like huge innovations in agribusiness and financing and what have you. But we don't, when you put on the TV, you don't hear about them or like there are people that young people don't, don't, don't mm-hmm. even know exist. Like they're getting all of their accolades outside of Senegal. Like they come here in the U S they get the grant here. Yeah. They get the award here. So yeah. So it's like also like uplifting positive narratives of youth economic development. Cause they do exist. Mm-hmm. There are people who've done it, who found the solutions that work um for their locality in Senegal who've been able to develop business um who are using WhatsApp in the ways that we are saying who understand how to leverage the diaspora but where are those folks and how can we hear more of them and how can they help yep. you know guide other other folks um 
to follow their, you know, their journey. Yep. And I'm just going to do a shameless plug <laughs> of an Instagram page that I really like. It's called Kai Job, K-A-A-Y underscore J-O-B. It means come work. I love that page because to your point, Aaron, it, I mean, I don't, it showcases, I don't know why I called you Aaron. <laughs> it showcases um, young people who are working in Senegal and trying to make it. And I think that's so important. That narrative and what we pay attention to matters so much. Like the media plays a huge role in how we perceive our country, how we have hope in the future of our country. And then what's currently going on? Do we have visibility to that? So. That was my shameless plug. I'm going to tag them and you guys go follow because it, it, they show uh, really great stories, like success stories of people who are doing exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm.